Hello and welcome to the JFG Podcast. This is episode 134. My name is Alex, and I'm not joined by my good friend Ash because he's on his holly So this is going to be a bit weird. Uh, I have once before recorded solo, although on that occasion we pasted Ash in later on. Uh, and I'm not just saying, and that's out this week, and that sort of thing. He was actually there for a sort of 25-minute period on a, on a game night, but this time he's away for a bit longer. He will not be back before this goes live, so it's just me, buddies. But as you well know, we don't fucking miss a week on the JFG podcast. We're not like all those other podcasts in in more ways than one, some positive, some negative. This is a positive, hopefully. Obviously, this isn't going to go on as long as it normally would. I can't imagine in all fuckdom that you would want to listen to me for very long on my own um, without the the generous dollopings of Ash. But either way, um, I've got a few bits to talk about. I've done some things. I've played some things. I'm going to do a bit of a new section and out this week, and then we'll probably can it there until next time round. Uh, we have had some some wonderful art in from glorious Mel Gibson's soul. Uh, we've got a question in from um, friend of the podcast, Sam, uh, and a few other people as well, and we will get to that next time round, buddies. But uh, to get the ball rolling... Um, I might as well tell you about the tail end of my little holiday. Not a holiday, he wasn't there. Um, which was, as you may remember last week, stag week with the missus. Which was weird, but going from strength to strength. So we went down to Whitstable, and I did indeed sit on the beach in Whitstable, drinking Whitstable Bay in the sunshine in October in this country, on the coast. Quite rare, it was very warm. For some reason, uh, it isn't now, but it was. So that was lovely. Had a little potter around Whitstable Town, buddies. And uh, let me tell you, nice little place. Nice little place. Lots of shops, all selling the same fucking thing. You know, bits of, you know, driftwood with maybe like a, a penguin drawn on it. Or um, that, that does sell it a little bit short. But you know the stuff I mean. Um, lots of those... Those signs made up from flotsam and jetsam with, like, home is where the heart is and that sort of thing. You know, if you want to turn your house into what you would perceive the inside of a lighthouse to look like, then Whitstable's the place for you. You can do that. Stayed in some sort of weird little, uh, I suppose, apartment, but it was more of a, just a little room. Um, I think it was known as a sort of boudoir. Uh, no instructions when we arrived, just uh, above a cafe, lockbox outside, woman inside seemingly knew nothing about it at all. Um, we hadn't been given a code for the lockbox, uh, but eventually we got there. And uh, yeah, had a grand old time and a lovely meal in a cheeky restaurant. Uh, I suppose I know, Samphire, if you ever go to Whitstable. Especially our international listeners who definitely might end up in Whitstable. Um, what else? Went to Lewis, uh, which isn't spelt like that, and uh, that was good as well. Uh, nicer town, pro- possibly, than Whistable, but uh, met up with a friend of the podcast, Paul, and his missus, and had a lovely time there. Went to the zoo, buddies, went to Port Lim Zoo, and saw well, a selection of animals, one on the safari, where you get in a big van and uh, drive about, and some ex-army like corporal guy navigates through the wilderness showing you zebras and giraffes and a particularly angry ostrich so that was cool um big place and um 
you know, you've got your two different types of zoo, I think. You've got your one where the animals are mashed into fucking tiny cylinders and boxes. Um, they've got nowhere to hide. They're thoroughly miserable to the point where they tend to just sort of do that thing that animals do where they just pace up and down because they're literally mental now. Uh, batshit, miserable, upsetting creatures. But you fucking see them, buddies, and you feel like you've got value for money. Or there's this sort of zoo where each animal's got like five fucking acres uh, and I'm sure they're very, very happy there, but you might not necessarily fucking see the cunts. So there we go. It's, it's one of those. Um, I think I prefer that one. Although, you know, maybe don't take your kids to that one unless they really, really like looking at an assortment of shrubs, bushes, um, just generally a sort of wasteland compound of rocks where there may or may not be animals. The sort of zoo where you don't know, maybe there's no fucker in there. You'll stand there for ten minutes. You're none the wiser. We did see a red panda, though. He was up a tree, but he was definitely there. We called him Pandy, which is what the Hungarians call the red panda. you got to love that shit. So there you go, buddies. Uh, I'm back to work now, uh, at least for the time being. Um, and that's pretty fucking miserable, so we won't talk about that. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Meanwhile, Ash, he's somewhere in the Cotswolds in a cottage at the moment. Um, and he thought it would be more than rude to take all of his equipment down there and uh, make his entire extended family sit silently in one corner of the cottage while he recorded with me in the other. Um, but I think he did take his console, hoping to sneak on on game night. Might be wishful thinking. We shall see next week. I suppose it will come down to next week's show whether we've actually played anything together or not but uh but i've played some stuff so let's talk about that uh, i'm not going to do sections here i don't have the sort of uh i'm not i'm just not proficient you know you've you've heard my work before buddies uh, i am not the editor in charge um i dollop the music in there um but that'll probably fucking do me um but i will now talk about what i've been playing So obviously this is the first what we've been playing, what I've been playing, what we've been playing section for a number of weeks where we are and we are currently at this point buddies in a Destiny 2 free zone. Um, now that may or may not be a good thing depending on who you are and what you came here for. Um, I would imagine that Ash has been sneaking on late at night on his console in the Cotswolds playing a bit of Destiny here and there. Uh, I suppose that very much depends on the internet connection, but it's 2017 for God's sake, so, you know, and so on. Um, either way, I haven't been playing Destiny. Uh, I've been playing football games, racing games, and The Witcher 3, so let's talk about that. Firstly, Pez, uh, the continuing adventures of Fulham, uh, who are a Premier League side, are currently topping the Premier League, buddies, and... Uh, yeah, one point clear at the top of the table with three games to go. Pretty exciting stuff, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, I've also been playing quite a lot of the co-op mode with old Funk, friend of the podcast Funk there, and uh, man, we're doing, it feels like we're doing very well. It feels like we've, I mean, we've climbed up from the bottom division, which is, I think there's six divisions. Um, we've climbed up into the second one, uh, and we're looking good. Um, we're in the top sort of 80 or something in the second division. Now, because this is a Konami game, uh, because this is Pez, 
Who fucking knows what that means? Who knows, is it the only Division 2? Are there many? Um, how many people are playing? Impossible to fucking know. You'll never find out. Um, even they probably don't know their own systems, I would imagine. That tends to be the way that it goes. But, at the same time, uh, we're having a cracking time on there. It's really, really good. So, that's nice. Um, yeah, just really enjoying... Uh, both the modes on there. Um, we're hoping it pops into a bit of a winter sale in a couple of weeks' time. Games tend to drop within sort of six to eight weeks at this point in price. Uh, I know PJ raised that with F1 a week or two ago. Um, and hopefully, uh, Pez will drop in there as well, because uh, PJ, quite sensibly based on his playing time, or at least the playing time available to him, uh, decided not to fork out 55 quid on a new football game that he would probably play for about four hours before it halved in price. So we're hoping he jumps on board um, and then he can maybe catch a taste of that as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a great game. We've talked about it a lot, so I won't go into too much more there. But um, yeah, I think Ash was planning on getting his uh, kits and everything imported, ready to go. So uh, yeah, exciting stuff. But yeah, you'll find out next week whether I won the Premier League. Um, I don't know how you'll manage. Uh, I don't know how you'll carry on over the next seven days. Waiting, just waiting and waiting um, for that incredibly important piece of news. But either way, until then, we shall move on uh, to Gran Turismo Sport, which is... (laughs) It's, it feels to me, based on the coverage it's got, the people that I can see playing it on my friends list and other friends lists and um, just the amount of coverage it's got in general, that this is actually, I think it was quite tentative because when it was first launched or first announced rather, um, it looked fucking terrible, like really dog shit, no real sort of purpose to it, the art style wasn't there, didn't look sort of plush and sleek like a Gran Turismo title of old, uh, it just looked half-baked, um, and they that, that was quite clear for all to see, they got all that negative coverage, and uh, I suppose it, it, it speaks volumes for showing your game off early doors, to double-check that you're perhaps going in the right direction and get a second, third, and 150,000th opinion. But either way, they did that. Uh, they came back, and uh, yeah, this this is just a fantastic game. I have to say, the, the, the career mode with its various tests and its gold, silver, bronze, it's, it's kind of in the guise of like a mobile game, you know, like Angry Birds or something like that, where you've got a um, 35-second challenge. Um, you can get gold, silver, or bronze, you can reload immediately, but at the same time, it's really intuitive and clever, and is teaching me a hell of a lot about all the different classes of vehicles, um, because there's obviously going to be crossover, all the GT3 cars are all going to feel at least vaguely similar, as are the sort of road cars and the LMP2 cars and that sort of thing, but just to teach you about camber and grip and um, how going uphill, going downhill affects things, it give, it'll give you a section of the Nürburgring to drive around, it's very, very clever, and I, I've never spent so much time on a racing game not racing, I mean, yeah, I'm driving a car, but not being in a circuit race with either AI or human opponents, I'm literally going after these challenges over and over again, and, and Drive Club kind of did a little bit of that, but it was still mainly predominantly races, but this is is literally like you know, sometimes 15 second challenge, but it's so fucking addictive, it's, um, 
Yeah, and and once leaderboards come into it as well, which they do, I can already see what uh, a certain Mr. Gibson's soul is getting on his challenges. I can see you there, buddy. I can see you racking him up. Um, it it becomes even more uh, ridiculously addictive. So yeah, it's it's fucking great. Uh, I have done some GT Sport esque races as well, where you qualify and then place them online, and still excellent experiences. No one really sort of knocking me off the track. None of this, because because they know, you know, if, if you do that, then you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle to get into rooms, you're going to struggle to get into races, and you'll only be playing with assholes like you. And when you've got that knowledge in your head that you you can't even be the predator anymore, and everyone's an asshole like you, then it makes you think twice, hopefully, um, or it would appear so anyway. So... There we go. So yeah, really enjoying that. Had a question about that this week as well. We will leave that till next week. Um, I need to do some digging actually about that because it seems like there's a real shortage of uh, car games with customization at this point. So um, we will address that next week. Uh, and I'm sure Ash will have got stuck in to a bit of GT Sport by that point as well. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. He'll have probably been playing Destiny too. But you know, either way, we'll see. Hopefully, it get on. Uh, so finally, buddies, uh, The Witcher 3. We finished our Uncharted um, experience, I suppose, me and the missus. We've played through, um, well, we played through Uncharted 4 and then The Lost Legacy. And then now we've gone through the trilogy again, the Nathan Drake collection. Just finished Uncharted 3 uh, a couple of nights ago. And um, yeah, really enjoyable. Like It felt less like a purist's Uncharted game, the, I think because there's far less climbing in it which um, I enjoy the climbing. Uh, some people I know don't, but I think it, you know the climbing in those games should be like 60% of it, if you ask me. Um, this had far less of that, but it also had far less of these sort of oppressive, you know, 10-minute gun battles where you're just crouching behind something, keeps going black and white, oh, pop down again, overwhelmed bullet sponges, like the the bullshit. There, there weren't any, for fuck's sake, controller through the tv screen moments in uncharted 3 uh, which is a massive improvement on 1 and 2 but yeah a lack of the core elements that that made those first two games special i think and and proves even more to me how brilliantly i think they struck the balance in uncharted 4 they got the right amount of climbing the right amount of gunplay uh, some really solid stealth as well uh, and a cracking story that is probably better than the other three as well so um yeah, it's been a pleasure to play through them again. It'll probably be the last time I do, I would imagine. Um, and at some point we will go through Uncharted 4 again as well. But uh, yeah, really fun. And obviously time to move on to something else. And I've wanted to go back to The Witcher for ages. You'll remember that I uh, I gave it my game of the year. Um, and never actually finished the fucking thing. Uh, it's quite a big game. Uh, other stuff came along and got in the way. Um, I think I got about maybe 12, 13, maybe 15 hours in, into the game the first time round. Um, we have started from scratch, because obviously the missus hasn't seen it before. And uh, yeah, just, oh fuck me, it's so good. This game is so good. It's it's just the, the way that it's all put together, it's so cinematic, and it plays really nicely as well. And I, I've kind of meddled with the controls slightly. Um, it, it's very sensitive, and I think you know it's supposed to be. It needs to be quite twitch because of the um, the combat, which is is kind of 
sort of Dark Soulsy, obviously far more forgiving, but lots of dodges and parries and and that sort of thing. But having turned down, especially the camera control sensitivity, um, it feels like a far smoother experience. Pr- probably something to do with Uncharted there, as to why I felt the need to do that. Uh, whether it will cause me problems with combat scenarios going on forward, I'm not really sure. But um, for the time being, it's great. But yeah, it sets the scene so brilliantly. Script is excellent. Uh, Geralt's voice takes a bit of getting used to again. It, it does sound quite sort of... I, I, I don't know if cheesy is the word, but it does sound a little bit sort of... Yeah, a little bit sort of corny, mildly corny, um, until you get used to it. And after a while, then it really, I think it suits him. But at first, it's just a bit like, mm, I don't know. And the voice acting's so good in Uncharted that, yeah, you're never really sure. But at the same time, yeah, excellent performances all round. It's just kind of bedding back in and getting used to it. But yeah, it's a fucking great game. Um, obviously, it's a really long game. It's probably as long as... Uh, the Uncharted series combined, um, and that'll be something that me and the missus continue to play for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, taking it in turns at the moment, she's kind of getting the gist of the combat, um, the, the parrying and the rolling and everything. It's, it's very cool. It's not as fluent as something like Horizon Zero Dawn, but uh, it, it feels good. Um, his, his jumping's a bit weird because he can jump so high. But I suppose he is a Witcher, which has got a witch and. Uh, I'm learning to witch again. So, yeah. So there you go, buddies. That's that's what I've been playing. Not a Destiny in sight, but I'm sure that Ash will be back next time round. Actually planning on playing a little bit of it with Funk while Ash is away anyway. Because uh, I still really enjoy it. It's not like I, I'm, I don't like that game. I'm just uh, not really into it, it to an obsessive level or at least where I want to repeat content over and over again. So, yeah. Now it's time for the news. The news, the news, the news, the fucking news. It's not not the same, is it? It's just not the same. Number one, number wang, number one, number wang, number wang, number one. The remaining. Dates for Steam sales for the year have leaked. Uh, There are three more Steam sales this year worldwide, and they have leaked. Uh, They are as follows. The uh, Halloween sale, which uh, will be running as this podcast releases, uh, it's the the Thursday the 26th of October until Wednesday the 1st of November, and then the Steam Black Friday sale will be the 22nd of November, to the 28th of November, that's uh, Wednesday to Tuesday. And finally, the Steam Winter Sale will run, as is tradition, over the Christmas period, buddies. Thursday the 21st of December to Thursday the 4th of January. Uh, They don't do these sort of timed flash sales like they used to anymore. Um, I I don't really know why, actually. I thought that was quite cool. But, um, yeah, it's a little bit more structured. Uh, a little bit less surprises, perhaps, but great deals to be had on there um, if you've got a lovely, lovely gaming PC like JJ does um, and like I don't. But uh, yeah, yeah. So there you go. There's your there's your dates for the Steams. Start saving up, buddies. Start filling up your cash 
money, wallet, so on, whatever. Uh, and get ready for that. Uh, number two, uh, Gran Turismo Sport is top of the UK charts. Uh, it, uh, it did very, very, very well, uh, as I was saying. It just feels like it's... I know it's, it seems silly to say because it is a, it's a Gran Turismo title. It's a massive franchise, a massive name. We haven't had one for ages, so you'd expect there to be a lot of hype. But before launch, it didn't really feel like there was masses and masses of hype there. Um, and I don't know if I just gauged that wrong, but now it's come out, it does feel like it's massive. Loads of people talking about it, loads of people playing it. People have bought it that I wouldn't expect to normally buy it. And um, it's doing very well. Uh, it's sold three times as many copies as Forza 7 uh, in their corresponding opening weeks. Um, which probably says more about uh, platform ownership than it does actual games. Um, obviously Forza not going to be as exciting a launch regardless of how good it is because of the fact there was a Forza 6 last year and a 5 before. Whereas GT Sport is the first on this generation of consoles that's obviously a massive deal um yeah I, I don't think it's it's really a comment on which game's better but uh it yeah it does suggest that there's a lot more fucking ps4s out there than xbox ones i think we knew that already but possibly makes it all the more important that uh that microsoft have a good strong launch with the xbox one x and I do wonder if they've dropped a bollock by not having a proper launch lineup there. Games launching specifically um, at the time of that console coming out, rather than uh, well, what is essentially a collection of uh, like 4K upgrades, texture packs. You know, people aren't going to get fucking that excited about that, to be honest. So, well, I wouldn't anyway. Um, you want new new games, new content, stuff that's going to look amazing and obviously you can't have exclusives because that's not the way that the world works anymore you can't have a, an xbox one x exclusive because that goes against everything everyone's been talking about for the last however many years but at the same time it, it does take the edge off when a new device comes out uh, and all you can play on it is stuff that is already out and you can play elsewhere um regardless of frame rate but um, either way, yeah. So it's a good opening week for it. Uh, FIFA 18 hangs on at number two. Uh, South Park launches at number three and matches the Stick of Truth sales, which, you know, fair play, good on them. Favorable reviews overall, and I think that's something that we'll pick up uh, once it hits a sale, as we said last time round. Uh, and WWE launches in fourth. Uh, I think I'll stop there. But um, yeah, solid stuff and nice to see new releases and quite nice to see uh, a few games above GTA 5 for once because, you know, as fantastic as GTA 5 is, it is an old game that just lingers in the top 10 of the charts and, and it is kind of depressing when GTA 5 is in the top 3 after all these years. But, uh, but there we go. Uh, next... Uh, this one is a controversial one. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners uh, use NeoGAF on a regular basis, but it kind of blew up with a lot of controversy this week. Uh, the creator and owner, Tyler Malker, has been accused of sexual harassment by a former partner, um, which 
broke on Facebook, uh, was then removed by the accuser, and then appeared on NeoGAF and blew up massively. And you had uh, threads closing and people um, requesting that their accounts are banned, hundreds and hundreds of people banning themselves or doing whatever they needed to to get banned. A mass exodus that eventually resulted in the site shutting. So they closed NeoGAF completely for several days. Um, and I think a lot of people thought that was that, that it wouldn't come back. Um, I, I can't comment on the strength of the accusations. I'm not really very interested in these other people's personal lives, but it's such a big community and it's been quite an integral part of it, so you can understand why it's kind of important. Um, especially as Neogaf kind of and indignance tends to uh, they tend to move in the same circles those two words so yeah but obviously you know if if the guy running your site is is a bit of a bastard or, or has done some really nasty stuff or is doing some really nasty stuff then you're not going to want to support that that's quite understandable um, so yeah threads were closed accounts were closed um, and then the site just came back up seemingly at random uh, a statement from Malka claiming all the accusations were false um, and they've basically reopened the site without the off-topic section um, and people are now calling it some sort of, you know, police state, Nazi, fucking Trump-esque bullshit because they've removed the the vast and probably most popular section of NeoGAF which was basically any other business. This, uh, this originally launched as a selection of forums about video games uh, and soon turned into a selection of forums about everything um, and the idea that they are going to remove the any other business kind of section the uh, the idea that they're going to govern that and and it's explicitly in his statement he has said all discussion of and I quote political and social discourse will be banned um I, I just think it's a bit of a joke, really. Um, I think NeoGAF over the last couple of years has become a bit of a... They've been the butt of many jokes um, as a community. Um, again, due to that sort of indignance. Um, and now it's an even bigger joke, frankly. Um, I don't think anyone really wants to be associated with it. Um, the only way this site could have survived, if you ask me, was for him to step down. But I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, I don't know exactly how the business side of things works. But uh, yeah, it's pretty sad because it's probably probably the biggest uh, gaming discussion website on the internet. Uh, and for it to... Well, I think it's going to end. Um, but for it to end like this uh, is pretty upsetting, to be honest. But there we go. We'll move on. Uh, there is no Destiny 2 Halloween event or content this year. Um, I think Ash, if he were here, would be very pleased about this um, because it, it felt quite gimmicky, the Halloween stuff, and most of their sort of seasonal events, it kind of felt like they were clutching at straws, didn't have proper content, and were doing this gimmicky bullshit stuff. I think this time round, obviously it's relatively close to launch still, but the, Bungie don't need to do gimmicky bullshit right now. People are balls deep in Destiny 2. There's loads of content there. Uh, the prestige raids have only just come out. The the Iron Banner stuff still big. Um, and obviously they're working on this first DLC pack or, or um, preparing it for launch, which is uh, the planet Mercury, I believe. I don't, I don't know very much about it. Perhaps Ash can shed some light next week as we draw nearer and nearer. I think it's December that it's coming out. Um, 
and that will be the point at which I jump back into Destiny properly and probably play it for another 20 odd hours before jumping out again and saying it's shit because I'm a hypocrite. Um, either way, yeah, they've got loads of content. They don't need to resort to Sparrow Racing, collect the fucking candy bullshit right now. Um, they've produced a really solid package here and people are digging it, so there's really no need. Uh, next, the Gears of War 4 campaign mode will run at 60 frames per second on the Xbox One X. Uh, I bash and then I uh, praise buddies. Uh, that is the sort of upgrade that would encourage me to buy an, uh, a slightly more powerful console. Uh, one of the things that's annoying about the PS4 Pro is that there haven't been enough instances where you've hit that 60 FPS rather than the 30, or at least had the option to meddle with the graphical settings so that you can do that. I think that's far more important. It's it's become kind of gospel on this podcast that we think frame rate's far more important than texture quality and lighting quality and so on. Um, and that's, that's huge, because obviously you can already see how beautiful Gears of War 4 looks at 60 frames per second by firing it up on a powerful PC, uh, and the idea that uh, people taking the plunge on this powerful new console get that experience as well, a, a co-op experience as well, by the way, um, it's fucking cool. That's the sort of power upgrade you want. Um, as I said, I still think they need stronger launch content than that, but... Uh, if I was if I was taking the plunge or had one of these on pre-order, uh, then that'd be pretty cool. Um, incidentally, uh, UK company Argos uh, are claiming that they're going to deliver Xbox One Xs at one minute past midnight on launch. Uh, I don't know quite how they would manage that. Um, they would probably need to employ several thousand people uh, and a fleet of vans. I just the mind boggles to the logistics of that. Um, I think if Amazon said they were doing that, then you might believe them because of the juggernaut that they are. But uh, the idea that Argos are going to, fuck knows. Um, I think that one's going to run, actually. So we'll probably be able to revisit that next time around. But yeah, what? What are you on about? Either way, interesting. Um, also interesting, um, mildly sort of terrifying in a sort of mild dread throughout your work day as someone invades your house. Let's talk about Amazon Key, buddies. Um, this is uh, an idea from Amazon that they are implementing. They're rolling it out and testing it now, where you've got some sort of um, some sort of keypad entry system uh, to buildings. Um, you, you can set one of these things up at home, um, and it allows delivery drivers into your house. So no more they try to deliver it, you weren't here. We've given it to a neighbour, or worse still, we've put it in your wheelie bin, or worse still, you have to drive to some fucking depot 15 to 20 miles away. Um, this is some sort of system whereby uh, the delivery driver rocks up and they have an assigned PIN code. Uh, they can access your house. They will come in and they will leave it inside. There's a camera inside that films them. And then they shut the door back up, confirm that it's locked, drive away, at which point Amazon sends you uh, a video message of your package being delivered, the dude coming in uh, and fucking off without stealing anything. Um, and that's the idea, Amazon Key. Um, I, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, 
other than surely there must be a better way. Uh, I would have thought some sort of, I don't really know, like a lockbox maybe outside your property. Maybe that would be better, but I suppose that still isn't that secure. Someone could go in there and try and screwdriver it out or, or whatever. It'd be a, a target. So yeah, that doesn't work. Probably thinking thinking on the spot whilst recording a podcast, possibly not the best idea. But um, yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I would imagine a lot of people wouldn't. Obviously, it's optional. They're not going to force you to do this. Or is this the beginning of the end, buddies? Um, is this the Orwellian nightmare that we can all see coming? I don't really know. Either way, um, at least you'd get your shit when you want your shit. That's quite cool. And I suppose if they're pushing out the idea of same-service delivery, trying to be as uh, you know helpful as possible and killing the supermarkets and so on, then, yeah. I mean, the, the idea, you know, this Amazon Fresh idea, that'll be the next thing because you can already order food on Amazon now in certain areas, do your grocery shopping, uh, allow them access to your house, get them to put that shit away, buddies. And, uh, and eventually we'll all be those fat... Jokers from Wally on the chairs floating around the space station. That's where we're headed. I'm halfway there already. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, that's weird. Uh, finally in the news, buddies, uh, on, and on a bright note, I think, the Kinect is officially dead. That's right. They've stopped making that fucking webcam that they were peddling to everyone. Um, MS has stopped manufacture. Uh, poor old Don Matrick. Poor old Xbox One original plans to bundle one with every single one everyone's uh, happy to swallow that 80 quid for a fucking webcam um, it, worth remembering by the way that in 2010 when the Kinect launched it was the fastest selling um, electronics device of all time so it did incredibly well um, but the support certainly wasn't there and uh, we all know how it went it eventually died to death wasn't actually that good in the first place uh, and now I suppose it's a distant memory we can all forget about it. Um, even Rare, who've started making proper games again with Sea of Thieves. They can kind of try and put that behind them as well. So yeah, no more Connect is all over. No more. Uh, I have to admit, I was a little surprised they were still making them, if I'm honest. But uh, but they were, and now they're not. So there you go. So yeah, no uh, news favourite things from the old Schley there, because he's not there. But uh, that, indeed, buddies, was the news. And now it's time for Out This Week. And uh, fuck all's out this week, buddies. Uh, not very much at all. Uh, except Bubsy the Woolies Strike Back. Um, is that something that you are interested in, buddies? Bubsy the Woolies Strike Back. Uh, Bubsy... <laughs> I don't recall Bubsy being a particularly popular character. Um... This is a... I don't know if it's all 2D. There's sort of a 2.5D kind of element to it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a platformer. But it's quite pretty. And uh, and it's out this week, buddies. On PS4 and PC. Which is also a little bit odd. But there we go. Uh, Bubsy the Woody Strike back out on the 31st of October. The only other thing out this week... Uh, and I suppose it's a big one, but... In a similar way to GT, it doesn't feel like there's any hype for this. Uh, it was certainly killed off 
by the uh, the beta test that they had uh, a few weeks ago. This is Call of Duty World War Two. I'm seeing lots of shitty adverts for this game. Um, most of them live action with people getting their clans together in office blocks and that sort of thing. Saw one when I was at the cinema the other day. Um, I just I I, pre- I I presume that this will sell a shit ton because it always does. It's Call of Duty. Um, it's in the lead up to Christmas. It's a big shooter. Um, and it, it, tonally very different to the other big shooter that's coming out in, in, in Star Wars. People I can see in the same way that you'd want perhaps uh, F1 and Project Cars. You might want Battlefront 2 and Call of Duty World War 2. Very different games. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it was it was bugged to fuck in the beta and people didn't seem particularly impressed by that. Um, and since then... Pretty quiet. I haven't seen loads and loads of hype for it. It feels like they're kind of trying to build it, but it hasn't garnered that much coverage on websites, certainly the ones that I look at. Um, It's just not fucking there, buddies. Um, Again, the last time that we waited on a COD and then bought it up when it was down to sort of 15, 20 quid was Black Ops 3, and we loved that, and we played the shit out of it. I know PJ still enjoys that on a regular basis, but yeah, I'm not really sure about this one. Um, I played a little bit of that beta and it just felt a bit weird uh, and I always thought I'd prefer it to be set in World War 2 rather than the future, getting a bit sick of all of these up, down, left, right, bouncing off the walls folks, but at the same time removing it did feel kind of odd at this point, uh, almost a little regressive, um, not that enjoyable um, and other than that it's just a skinned version of the same game that's come out for the last 6 to 8 years, so um, yeah, uh, let us know your thoughts on that. I know friends of the podcast, Dan Mark, they tend to buy COD every single time. I would like to hear, would love to hear what you think, uh, whether you're interested in this one, whether you're going to pick it up day one, get the season pass. I know you've done that in the past because you do a bit of family sharing. Uh, are you excited for Call of Duty World War II? Is it, is it something that you're interested in playing uh, as quickly as possible? Um, are you ultra ultra super pops or not? I'm gonna have to gonna have to echo that now. That's unfortunate. Just let us know. Be nice to hear. Uh, and obviously, buddies, we will have a bumper section next week of uh, of Street Beat and Community Watch and so on and so forth. We should have a nice big old oh, some sort of smorgasbord of content for you there, buddies. So I think that'll about do me for episode 134. Uh, short and sweet, hopefully, or you've drifted off, or you've fucked off, or you can just fuck off. I don't really mind, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it wasn't a complete waste of time. I'm off to play some games with the funk now. Um, I might try and convince him to get his wheel out for some Project Cars too. If not, it'll be some co-op Pez, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, I I will catch you next time, buddies. Thanks so much for listening. If you did, the Mighty Ash will be back next time. You can find us a selection of different places like www.thejfgpodcast.co.uk. Please go on there and uh, submit something in the old Street Beat section. It'll make Ash so very, very happy um, to know that his work hasn't gone unnoticed. Uh, You can find that on there, thejfgpodcast.co.uk. We are Facebook forward slash thejfgpodcast. Our Twitter handle is at thejfgpodcast. We're on a load of streaming sites. I'm not streaming this, but 
We will be streaming this next week. Uh, you can find us on the YouTube there, JFG Podcast, twitch.tv forward slash the JFG Podcast, and uh, mixer.com, beam.fucking pro buddies, uh, forward slash the JFG Podcast. Pop onto SoundCloud forward slash just for gamers to listen to an episode from at least at least sort of 15 to 20 weeks ago at this point, possibly more. Uh, we're on the PS4 communities. Come join us on the communities, buddy. You can find us on there, JFG Podcast. Come get stuck in. And we are also on Google+, Plus. if that is how you choose to live your lives. Thanks so much for listening, buddies. We'll catch you next time. Until then, I have been Alex. Goodbye. You've been listening to the JFG Podcast with Ash and me, Alex. To find out more, head to www.justforgamers.co.uk, Facebook forward slash the JFG Podcast, or Twitter where we are at the JFG Podcast. Episodes go live every Sunday, and if you could pop onto iTunes and write us a quick review, we would love every inch of you, even if you got old and fat. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.